Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry, and with me, as always, is Eric, the Whiskey Mutant himself. Team Elmo, baby. Team Elmo all the friggin' way. Get those rocks out of here. <laughs> Nobody take my snacks away. Don't let anybody take your snacks away. Never. Elmo's right. Elmo is always right. How you doing, bud? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I Surrounded need... by bottles over here. Surrounded by bottles, just as we typically are, but in a you know in our new setup and everything yes. i can i got my own computer over here that's weird we, we we're like pros <laughs> we need a producer in here now too yeah. i feel like we're gonna sit over there in the corner they don't get the table though no we'll give them a mic though so every once in a while if we need you to like fact check on. something yeah. yeah exactly um can i turn your mic off while i'm doing hey i can <laughs> oh no came back on at the wrong time <laughs> that was awesome that was really really good <laughs> i didn't know i could do that but here we are uh you are, you are also here dear listener well yeah you are oh, here I'm but i was talking here. to the listener oh, gotcha. uh, and i was also going to let the listener know that if they have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at my bourbon pod and at whiskey mutant. You can check out all of our apparel and merch at bourbonshop.threadless.com and whiskeymutant.shopify.com. Yes. And you can also become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month. Five bucks a month, though, gets you bonus content, which is just it's something else entirely, isn't it? Just it's it's something. This week's stuff is weird. You got you got a lot of extra content this week. Yeah, lot lots. four four bottles on pours from the floor. Extra long episode of pours from the floor. Wild questions on pregame chat. Crazy questions. We go to some weird places. I mean, it, they're so wild that the people asking the questions just answer them themselves. I kind of like that though. Yeah, I like just reading what everybody else says. If we oh, ask a yeah. question on the pregame chats. Just if anybody else wants to answer it, do it. I, I want to hear it. Please, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, also, you can leave us a five-star rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And if we have not seen it, please uh, just take a screenshot, send it to us, and yeah. let us know. You can review Cause... anything and send it to us, and we'll read it. Oh, yeah, I forgot that we did that for a while. It was fun. It was fun. We can do it again, I guess. We can those, do those reviews are going to be taken whatever down, you like. Uh, we don't have any new reviews this week, but we did get a few new ratings, so that's nice. Our ratings. You said that last week too. NC seventeen. I don't know how to respond to it. No. <laughs> uh, what are we? Do? Are we doing? We're doing two. Two what? <laughs> <laughs> Things you, in you, this segment. <laughs> you came in. You came on really hot there, and I was like, I don't. I didn't I even know. get the question out all the way. I was gonna ask, are we doing flying blind, or are we doing sips and snacks this week? I think week? I'm in the same boat, but I said we're doing two. <laughs> we're doing two. The I was, worst I was, response. To even that I don't even know why I came off so hot like that. Like I don't know. I had no idea. Oh, that was fantastic. Both. We're doing both. We're doing both Fly Blind and, port, and uh, uh, Sips and yes. Snacks. Okay. What well, are you going to do first? You going to um, do Fly Blind first? Yeah, let's do Fly right. Blind first. <laughs> I was so aggressive. I don't know what happened, okay? <laughs> this Elmo question in the pregame chats got me heated. Do I need to turn away? Uh, no, they're not marked. Oh, okay. Um, oh, they're in sample bottles. Yeah. So, 
I'll pour a little bit of this. And you can just have the rest of that. Okay. That's from somebody? Yep. So different than what we've been drinking on the pregame. Smells like frosted Cheerios. I can see that. There's a little like smokiness it, it, to it as well. I thought it was just like this, almost like just a straight up like classic bourbon or raw, but it's smoky. I'm also realizing we jumped into this segment without actually explaining to people what oh, it is. Oh, this is Flying Blind. Um, yeah, so Flying Blind is where we blind each other with something to kind of get our palates yeah. rolling for the episode. And uh, apparently we're also doing Sips and Snacks. We are. Which is a pairing between a bourbon rye or some kind of whiskey and, a snack a, and, a, whiskey. and a snack. Yeah. yeah. Snack and a whiskey. What do you think? Am I seeing barrel char floating around in my glass? No, I don't know. Is this an MGP product? You know what? I don't really. I'm assuming, but I'm not for sure. I didn't get confirmation. It's on that. got that MGP ness about it. You may know once I tell you. You may know more than me, so I don't know. Uh, like one fifteen-ish proof. Too high. Too high. Wow. Mm-hmm. I said this when I had it. I said this drinks higher than what the. Um, I can't remember if I said no. I said this drinks lower than what the actual proof is. I, f- I felt it was like r- lower proof than that. Is it a bottled and bond product? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I think it's a blend. I can't really explain it because I don't know enough about it. Okay, just what what is this? This is a NASA Family Reserve American Whiskey ADHD pick, 107 proof. Oh, no, this is light whiskey. Did he blend it, or was it a pick? I know he did a blend. At some I point. don't. I don't know. So it's a lot whiskey, and I'm assuming <laughs> it's MGP. What's the proof? 107. Wow. It's really hot on my tongue for some reason. This was uh, when I did um, uh, the live stream on my Instagram. Uh, this was part of the sample flight I got sent. Oh, okay. From John, cool. uh, John Passer. He is a listener of this show, too. Uh, he sent this to me. I'd Hi, met, John. Yeah. I had met him at the uh, Beaumont that day when me and April went. Oh, right. Yeah, They yeah. brought the uh, the orange uh, snacks, mm-hmm. those orange and... Those weird orange snacks that I was <coughs> confused by. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so now, for sips and snacks, I got the raspberry ones he sent. He sent raspberry and cherry. Oh, sweet. So on on my Instagram live, I took the raspberry and I took one of the other samples he had and I figured out which one paired best with the raspberry. So that's what we got over there. Patreon got that weird. Yeah, I was just <laughs> editing uh, that weird cut, resetting myself. So, so yeah, that's a uh, ADHD whiskey pick. I thought you might like it. It was that. really good. Yeah, I miss. Matt Porter so much. He stopped in on your live stream. He did. And I like it genuinely made me so happy. A, because I mean, I haven't seen him since the fall of 2019, which is two and a half years ago at this point. And you made him cry. And I made him cry. But also just like, I just love that guy so much. And he's been the thing that I think makes me the the saddest is that he's been in Kentucky, but he hasn't had time to like. He's busy, man. Come see me. So we're gonna have to carve out some time here, Matt. Yeah, I think he would be down for, for some sips and snacks. Oh, he would be a champ. 
of sips and snacks. Hand me one of them bad boys over here. <laughs> I'm not ready for these because oh, I'm so remembering good. my experience with the, the Dude, orange ones. I love these things. Do you like them better than the orange ones? Yes. So these are little like oh, chocolate sticks, but they have like raspberry jelly inside of them. And John, That's at the tasting, he had orange ones, and me and Perry did that that pairing. Um. They're just these orange. It's almost like a Twix, a mini Twix, but instead of like crunch in the middle, it's got like jelly in the middle. And I think this pairs so good with it. It pairs great with it. Oh, it just like enhances the berryness. Oh, yeah. I said when I first tasted that, I said this is straight up berry, raspberry on the palate. And I instantly knew I had to pair it. What is this? I'm an MGP boy. (laughs) Sorry. Um, this is a, uh, Mare Pingree pick. Hmm. Valentine Distilling. Oop, drop some. Mare Pingree. It's six year, one month, and it's uh Minnesota Love pick. 120.6 proof. Wow. I would have had the proofs swapped. It does not drink like it's 120 No, it proof. doesn't at all. Mm. Wow, that's crushable. Yeah. <laughs> I think this might be the first Mayor Pingree that I've had, too. I never had any, and I think we talked about it at the Beaumont, and he was like, I'm going to send you some samples. Yeah. And other than the ADHD pick, he sent four different Mayor Pingrees to me. Wow. Mm-hmm. One, which I saved, and I'll have to let you try, which was my favorite of the blind, a 13-year-old. MGP. Oh, snap. Mare Pingree, 13 year, black label, 123 proof. It was Gosh. it was amazing. That sounds delicious. It's really good. Anyway, no sips and snacks. Anyway, and pour uh, I keep blind saying blind. pours from the floor. That's it. That's a Patreon thing. Yeah, flying blind too. Eric, what have you been drinking recently? What have I been drinking? Well, I will say we just opened this Knob Creek pick we did. from Ernie's. And it's True. delicious. It's delicious. Uh, Perry, let me try some flat boat. Foolproof. That's the only really new thing that I have. It's 125 proof, and it tastes like 125 proof Eagle Rare. I'm kid, kid you not. Yeah, it, it really does taste like a Buffalo Trace product. But I, I feel like it is definitely Barton, though. Yeah. I mean, I would be surprised if it weren't. Something sourced like that. And then um, last night, I sent Perry a little picture. Oh, yeah. Because I opened up our number one bourbon of the year for 2021. <laughs> Had some more of that E.H. Taylor barrel proof. And it's just as good as it was before. Still incredible. I, um, <clears throat> I, well, last night I did a dry live stream. Uh, in honor of our dear friend Lil, Lil out of Brisbane, Australia, uh, who of course said, I, down under. <laughs> it's it's public now, and we kind of had to all keep it hush hush for a while. But uh, she's been, I and I said this last night because I don't really feel like she's battling it. She's just kind of like destroyed it. Heck yeah, but, she has. I uh, she's she's been dealing dealing with, which is the opposite. I feel like of saying battling because dealing with sounds like it's a cold you know right. like it's something really light uh but she she has 
breast cancer or did have breast cancer, uh, but she had surgery and removed all of the the masses and um, she is going through chemo right now though it's a long 12 week process for them so in solidarity with both her and Chris her partner to the dry stream last night and I had uh, the world's flattest l eight one and a delightful Freddy's root beer so that was my two drinks. I, I also felt like I was going to die after I got done drinking that much soda in an hour. We're just burping everywhere. No, it just really sat on like the bottom of my stomach. I mean, it was just like just all here <laughs> for like the entire like to the point where I thought I was I was going to get sick. <laughs> like I drink Coke Zero, but I can only drink like one a day. Like anything car- can- carbonated just like bloats me up. As I take a drink of my Coke Zero, <laughs> I I just don't do soda, and I said this on the on the stream too. I like that's the most soda I think I've had in one sitting since I was probably like a late tween, early teen. God, I used to kill Mountain Dews back in the day. I was, I had, I I was had, a holler rat. I mean, I'm just like <laughs> Mountain Dew in my bottle, probably. I had a I had a girlfriend who just lost her mind every time that she had. A Mountain Dew, and I, I mean, I had, you know, I've had Mountain Dew. Like she went Hulk. Like she's just like, ah. no, it was just this weird, like, ah, smash hy- Mountain Dew. It was this weird hyperactivity that God. just was like, kind of like quirky, awkward. Like I didn't know how to fully deal with it, and so <laughs> that's my memory of anybody drinking Mountain Dew. But God. I um, used to down uh, Code Reds all the time too. Like during the summer, like, all right, you, you gamer boy. That's what I was gonna say. We'd be <laughs> hanging a out land with, party, not land, but we'd be playing Final Fantasy or something, and we would have like just bags of Doritos and like Code Red, and we would just like play Final Fantasy. Dude, this isn't what I've been drinking recently, but I I cannot get off of this Doritos Cool Ranch kick that I've been on for like the past year. <sighs> I love They're just the best things in the world. I love the Doritos Cool Ranch taco shells. I miss them. Oh, I miss them so, so much. Good. Taco Bell, I know you're listening. Sponsor us. Uh, and I'll br- perish I'll, and tacos. also bring back the Cool Ranch. Yes. Shell. Did they? T- did they ever bring back the cheesy gordita potatoes? Yes. Did they? They brought the potatoes back. Did they? Yeah. Finally. The sad thing, though, is that you can only get the quesarito on, uh, like, mobile orders, Hmm. online orders, which is fine. I mean, that's typically how I order Taco Bell anyway. Man, I got pissed at Taco Bell the other day. (laughs) So we were. So it was the Taco Bell on uh, Harrodsburg Road, right across from Ernie's. Oh, yeah. Um, We were all just like, we didn't have time to cook. And I was just like, uh, April's uh, sister... And her husband and their kids were at the house. I was like, I'm just going to get a bunch of tacos. Like, everybody, all the kids would eat tacos. Yeah. And I pulled up, and me being the nice guy I am, and just because I like to make conversation, I said, uh, hey, I got a, I got a big order for you. Like, so, and they're like, and the guy was just not having it. I'm like, this is Taco Bell. I mean, right close to UK. Like, you imagine the, the kind of orders they get? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I got a pretty big order. And he's like, all right, let's hear it. I start telling him, and he's like, 
I was like, I want to get some chicken tacos and this many. I mean, it was like a cup. It was like two boxes, basically. You know, those yeah. big family boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy goes, the guy in the um, in the headset, he's like, "Bro, are you kidding me?" What? Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not kidding. Like, That's what's... bad customer service no matter where you go. Yeah, I, and then me just joking around still. is like, man, I got a big family at home. I got to feed everybody. He's like, and you're going to Taco Bell? I said, shut up. I said, I <laughs> said, you know what? What? I said, you. <laughs> and I laid on the horn and drove around the drive-thru one more time and then left. Yeah. The guy said, you're feeding your family at Taco Bell? I don't know what to say to that. I was so... What I've is never that been so, I've never been so mad in my life. I was so mad. April, April was like... She was nervous because she was like, I never see you that mad. Okay, so first of all, how dare they? Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, you're working at Taco Bell. Right. It's like making, they have the boxes that come Dude, with like I, 15 tacos. And I wanted like basically two of those boxes. Having worked in customer service for a, a large corporate entity, if you were to tweet to them, tell them about how bad that experience was, you could easily get free food. Easily get free food. I had I had like eight people at my house and I was going to get like, 15 beef tacos and like 15 chicken tacos. That was it. And the guy was That's like, That's nothing. The guy was like, You mean you want 15 of each? I was like, Yeah, dude. He was like, Bro. I was like, What? That's He's like $30 worth of tacos. And I was like, uh, I was laughing. I was like, I got a big family at home. He's like, And you're feeding them Taco Bell? I was like, Oh my. I was like, It's over after this. Like, I was pissed. Put my middle finger out the window. <laughs> I was cussing. I don't blame you. I was mad. Dude, that's the most obnoxious thing I've heard in a long yeah, time. All right. It's one person making a big order instead of 15 cars in line making like 15 but separate like, orders. What? That is the worst customer service I've ever heard oh, in my bad. entire life. Yeah, but, ask April about it next time we're around. Like, she's, like, she was legitimately like, I've never seen you that mad. I was like, not only would I, I didn't get my tacos... He questioned why I was buying taco for my, tacos for my family. What business is that of yours to ask that question? Mm. All right, Taco Bell, now that I know that you're listening. I'd still eat some Taco Bell right now. I, dude, I would crush some Taco Bell right now. <laughs> That's all I can legitimately think about Ugh. now. Last time I had Taco Bell, I thought I was getting sick. It was just the effect that it had on my body. Hey, sometimes but, you just got to risk it all, baby. <laughs> hey, it's worth it. It is. It's the healthiest fast food option. Yeah, because it comes out so fast. It doesn't linger in your body. True. Anyway, so this week, <laughs> I, I, I don't really want to call this an interview because it's so much more conversational. And, and not that last week's episode wasn't conversational with Drew. And uh, by the way, thank you all so much for... Going and checking out that that episode, um, got a lot of very positive feedback about it. it meant a lot. But um, this week, I finally was able to get uh, the guys from Film and Whiskey, Bob and Brad, on the on the podcast. I've been on their show twice. 
and just kind of running out the clock. I hadn't had them on. I keep trying to get to yet. do some anime. Um, oh, you should. Dude. I've messaged them about it. They were asking me, and then I've yet to see it. They should do Akira. I told them to. Akira would be like perfect for them. Put me on the show. I'll do it with you. <laughs> I just want to sit in the room and hear you guys talk about it yeah. while it's happening. Uh, but just two incredibly sweet, wonderful guys who actually uh, went to seminary uh, just outside of Lexington in uh, in Harrodsburg, right? They're from Ohio. In Ohio? They're so, in Ohio. In Ohio. Yeah. But uh, you're really going to enjoy getting to hear about their story uh, and everything that they've done with the podcast and beyond. Uh, so I hope you enjoy. Enjoy. And ladies and gentlemen, here's Bob and Brad from Film and Whiskey. Guys. How the heck are you? Harry, thank you so much for having us, man. I've been waiting for this day for a yeah, long time. I'm, okay, let's go ahead and get this out of the way because um, I have been feeling really guilty about this for just about two years on at this point now that I have <laughs> now been on Film and Whiskey twice, uh, but I have not yet had you guys on the podcast, which I truly, truly apologize for. Um, but please know that it's never been because I'm ignoring you. It's just the fact that I'm uh, really bad with follow through. <laughs> no, I listen like between the three of us, I think we have brought three humans in the world since we started talking about this. So we have mm. we have mm. other commitments. You, we have excuses. Don't worry. Yeah. That is and, true. and honestly, on top of that, we are full of grace. You don't have to apologize. We will forgive you in at least two years. Like hey, we w- we won't hold hold it against you any longer than that. We promise. Wh- whatever it takes, however many hail marys you have to say before you know it gets to <laughs> you know the full the full resolution portion of everything. I don't know, but anyway, um, guys, I have I, I. It's funny because I was legitimately a fan of what you all were doing before I met either of you all or even talked to either of you all and. Um, you guys started in, correct me if I'm wrong, the beginning of 20, 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we we're coming up on our three-year anniversary this February. That is crazy. That is crazy, man. Because you guys, it, it was funny because you all started your show around the same time that um, Bourbon and Blondes out of uh, St. Louis did. And I, I mean, I wasn't even two years into this, my bourbon podcast. And I was like, there's the new, the new blood, the new crop of bourbon podcasters. And <laughs> I get to be the senior. And I was like, that's like, now I'm looking back on it. I'm like, that's such a dumb thing for me to have thought at that point. Like you guys were doing great without any kind of direction or anything. And I, I, I love still what you all are, are doing, but I also want to give you guys, uh, we've talked enough about in, in general, what you do, but specifically what is the structure of film and whiskey and, uh, what do you, what do you guys do with it? Well, honestly, Perry, it's, it's crazy for me to think that you feel that way. Cause our early stuff, Bob, I don't know. How do you feel about our, our early stuff? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you're very sweet, but, uh, we were not killing it from the beginning, my friend. Yeah. Like we we actively tell people now, like, hey, we're we're in our fifth season, and at least yeah. at least two of them are really good. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> at least two of them. <laughs> I mean, if you're an old enough listener, you might remember when we had our Anchorman preview episode up before we took it down, and that that was just oh, I, some of the greatest content. 
I don't I honestly don't know if I remember the Anchorman preview episode. Can yeah, we did like a dry run. So so yeah, to answer your question, the format of the show is that, you know, Brad and I have been friends for a long long time. I've always been a huge movie nerd. And I wanted him to start watching classic movies and he was like I'm never going to have time for that. So we basically just decided we're going to do so this So he podcast. gave me a lot of whiskey. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> we were living in Kentucky at the time, and we were just starting to get into the world of whiskey. And we thought, like, what a cool idea to basically do, hey, you're getting into movies. We're both getting into whiskey at the same time. Let let us go on this journey of discovery together. And so we put a mic down in front of us, and we did a dry run where we reviewed Anchorman and the drank legend. some whiskey. The legend of Ron Burgundy. <laughs> and it is it is borderline unlistenable. <laughs> it's a shame that it doesn't exist anymore because that honestly would probably have wound up being my favorite episode. <laughs> yeah, we need, to, we I, need to bring that back for the Patreons. Bro. I was going to say oh, that, that should do. be a Patreon Patreon episode. I, I regularly do. And, you know, frequent listeners of the show now, I, I put out every episode to Patreon unedited. So they they get all the effing and jeffing that uh, before we started recording, we were kind of talking about um, gets cut out of the, the main feed. But way back, way, way, way back. Um, I think it was literally the first the first anniversary I put out and I have no idea where this file is now, uh, but the unedited version of the first episode of the podcast. And I, I will tell you, it's a train wreck. Like yeah. it's, it's difficult to listen to even, even now knowing what was going on. I was still using a, a, a rock band microphone. Like, you know, the video game rock band. Um, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was, I had two mics at that point. One was from, from rock band, which had a USB plug. So it was easy enough for me to plug it into my computer. And then I had just a, you know, a cardioid mic uh, that I put in between two people. Uh, and that was good enough for me at the time. But if you if you look at <laughs> that audio file, like at least from what I remember, um, there's a lot of like dips in audio where I just cut out the fumbling around of the microphone. Um, but yeah, I, I totally get that. It's not always the easiest thing at the start to uh, get things going. But you're five seasons in. Yeah. Yeah. And the the whole idea of the podcast really came from this sense of camaraderie that you find around those two things. Mm -hmm. Like what is better than a movie night with friends? What is better than sitting out on the porch, sipping on whiskey as the sun sets? Like Absolutely. there's something about these two, I don't know. And they feel like such American things, you know, I, I mean, obviously like whiskey started over in Scotland and all that, but like drinking bourbon, watching movies, there's something about it. Like I, re I remember when I was in college, drinking i don't even remember what it was horrifically bad whiskey with a terrible gas station cigar and watching rocky with a bunch that's of my horrific. friends that's but, so you know good. what i mean like yeah, yeah and so you when you take those ideas i think that's what bob and i really strive to emulate is like we're just friends talking about movies and whiskey our obviously our whiskey knowledge has come a really long way my yeah, my movie knowledge has come a really long way but we're still five seasons in just two regular guys shooting the crap about movies and, and whiskey. What has, I mean, I mean, aside from, and I, I, I think this is a good point for y'all to make too, but like, aside from, you know, just the general structure of the show, which I think it's changed a little bit over the years, but what has been the biggest change that you guys have found since you, uh, you started filming whiskey? 
I mean, honestly, and I'm sure it's like this with you too, but when you first start out with something like a podcast, I think we, at least I was, I was trying to be like so professional about it and really try to keep us on track and really try to keep us under a certain time frame. Yeah. And yeah, I think I, I totally did that as well. Really, <laughs> really tried hard. Keep things yeah. professional. I think allowing the podcast to breathe and just trust, trusting the process at this point. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, absolutely. They're, they go long sometimes. And we know that the people who are into our podcast are going to like eat that up because they're there for us at this point. So, I mean, you know, we're at the point now where we're like sharing details about our lives and catching up on our week before we get into talking about the movie. And I think in season one, I'd have been like, no one wants to hear that. So, (laughs) yeah. And I was going to say, we honestly will never, ever go as long on an episode as we did on Gone with the Wind. So like we're we're set, man. We we already got the longest episode out of the way. We'll never hit that mark again. I'm one pretty of the sure if you movies like, of all time and one yeah, of the longest episodes of all time. I think you could do like a uh, a Dark Side of the Moon, Wizard of Oz thing, and just like sync our episode up to the movie, and it would be about the same length. Yeah, play our episode backwards. It'll go real well. <laughs> It's complete nonsense, but let me tell you, it hits all the right beats and gone with the wind. <laughs> That's right. That's right, man. <laughs> you guys still, um, I and, and I think I probably know the answer to this this question, but do you still kind of read or listen to other film commentaries now that you kind of are doing commentary on on particular films? Dude, I'll tell you what. As many movies that have been reviewed by Roger Ebert read his reviews I, like I, it, he's obviously the goat and yep. for a reason but i i can't tell you how many times bob and i will be like texting about a movie and he'll bring up a point and i'm like oh yeah he read the ebert review too <laughs> like it, it, he just had a way of talking about movies and like digging into the real purpose of the movie the worldview behind the movie so, like, uh, yes, we do still read some movie reviews. Bob probably reads 80 million times more than I do. <laughs> but I will at least go and read Roger Ebert. Yeah, I mean, Perry, I, I'm sure that you kind of experienced this, too, as you got more comfortable reviewing things on air. But you try not to read other people's tasting notes when oh, yeah. you're when you're drinking Absolutely. whiskey because you just don't want to be influenced by some, yeah. like, really out there note people are getting. So I think when we first started the format and the structure of our episodes were so similar to a couple specific like movie related podcasts that I think we listened to them to, to try to find what we like, but also make sure we weren't copyright infringing. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And now it's kind of like, I I have a couple that I listen to that are for when I really want to get, you know, fancy and heady and highfalutin about movie analysis or whatever, or even, you know, whiskey reviews. Uh, But I think we're comfortable enough doing our thing. And like, our niche has always been the average consumer. There's a lot of podcasts out there, you know, for movies and for whiskey that will review like this month's release of Maker's Mark Private Select. And like, yeah, that's never going to be us because we know that 99% even of, of bourbon consumers, they'll try a brand one time. And if they don't like it, it's going to be really hard to convince them to go back and try the next batch of bookers. So like if they try bookers and they hate it, <laughs> It's, it's a tough sell after that. And so, Booker's hasn't exactly been hitting home runs for the past yeah, couple it, of years. Exactly. So. <laughs> so like we want to be consistent with how we present it and keeping in mind 
we want to do we, we try to feature whiskeys that you can find in your local liquor store that you're not going to have to like travel to Kentucky specifically to buy this whiskey. So I think like finding our groove, finding our niche and sticking to it, we might not always get, you know, like we're, we're not getting shipped BTAC to sample every year. But that's OK, because we also know that like, yeah, I see you grinning over there. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was going to say that is Bob the says most. that and then just ignore the back end of season four. It didn't happen. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Here's, here's the thing. Emailing for the anti collection samples is always my most stressful day out of the entire year. <laughs> because if you do not get that request in, like within minutes after that email hits your inbox, you are screwed. And there oh, are man. so many people at this point who are trying to get them that I like. I get to the point where I'm like sweating, thinking we're not going to get it this year. Like it's not happening. I just barely missed it. She's do you have like... Do you have like a reply copy and pasted and ready to like control V send? Um, no, but everything that I send in that email is no more than about one sentence long <laughs> <laughs> because I always try to be, and I, I do this with, um, with any brand that I request, uh, samples from, I always try to be very, you know, very precise in what it is that we're, we're requesting just because, mm -hmm. um, a, they see a million emails a week just you know that does seem like it's been copied and pasted and um i i've always tried to be just very personable about it you know hey hope you've been well um saw that this press release came out we'd be really interested in trying it i mean it's even gotten us like some of the goose island stouts um over the past couple of years too um which if you didn't know they do samples media samples for those Oh, they well, do. I know now we're, we're, we're going to have to <laughs> and, send those emails next year. And and let me let me tell you, I was not anticipating. And I think by this point, I'll probably have talked about it a little bit on the podcast. So I'll send you guys pictures. Um, did you get the I, 150? No, I did oh, not. OK, but I did get the Blanton's one. <laughs> oh, man, which is so wild. It is the best packaging I have ever seen in my entire life. It It comes in like the same hexagon, like a hexagon box. Um, that, you know, maybe would have had like a Blanton's bottle in it. Yeah. And, and then you crack it open and the beer bottle has like a Blanton's looking bag around it. <laughs> That's incredible. And they also have like the, you know, the airplane bottles of Blanton's. Yeah. They've also got one of those mini corks hanging around the neck. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it is that's awesome. so good. It is the absolute best like crossover packaging I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, that's and they incredible. just, they knocked it out of the park so, so well. It was great. But I have to anyway. say though, like you're talking about sending your emails and always trying to be courteous. I think the one thing that Brad and I have really learned when it comes to working with people in the bourbon industry in particular is I don't think I've ever encountered an industry that has that much money flowing into it every year where the people are as hospitable and willing to spend their time with you as yeah. the bourbon industry. Yeah, I, I think that that's, you know, a, a big part of bourbon is the fact that it's made in the South and it's made in Kentucky, which, you know, is borderline South. But, um, you know, with a lot of that comes the, the Southern hospitality. And uh, I also you know, work for this tour company where I get to take people to distilleries and get to show them around the, the Commonwealth, which I, you know, love so dearly. And I, if, if they are from out of state and they're not from the South, 
the number one comment I hear is, everybody here is so nice. Everybody is so sweet and so generous. And I'm like, I don't know it any other way. Like, mm. I've, you know, I've been up north multiple times, but I, I mean, the only thing that I truly know and truly love is Kentucky hospitality, Southern hospitality. And it just, um, it, it's so much to our advantage, I think, being able to work with these distilleries and being able to work with the brand representatives and everything, just because, um, I mean, nine times out of 10, they're the same way, you know, they also want to see their brand succeed too. So <laughs> they're working with, with us to succeed so that they can in turn also succeed. Right. Right. Perry, can, can we like hijack this for two seconds? And absolutely. Please do. Can we talk about Lexington, Kentucky for a minute? I would love to talk about Lexington, Kentucky, my hometown and my current place of residence. Brad and I so rarely get to talk about our time in Kentucky. And we live just outside of Lexington. And man, I just I, I need I need some conversation about the Lex in my life right now. I was gonna say, let's, uh, let's excuse me, Bob. I lived in Lexington for a year and a half. So <laughs> Oh, that's true. I forgot about that apartment you had, man. Yeah, man. So I, I live on the uh the north end of town. Um I grew up uh, pretty close to pretty adjacent to Chevy Chase. So um mm. right in the kind of the 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 center, the heartbeat of of Lexington, um, where everything was basically 15 minutes away from, mm-hmm. from where you lived. Um the one thing that I always hear the most about Lexington is that this is the biggest small town ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's three hundred thousand people that live here. And just about everybody knows everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And unless, I, you, unless you're a UK student, in which that case. is true. That is true. <laughs> and and I I think that I you know part of my my view of that is a little bit skewed because my mom grew up in Lexington and my dad has basically been in Lexington since he was about ten years old. Um, so there there our roots run deep uh, around here, but it, it's just the perfect size for me like that it could not be i and i i had you know pipe dreams forever living in chicago and um or even you know new york city at, at one point and i mean on the smaller end of that louisville uh but that's, <laughs> that's not exactly the the bustling booming city that some of those other metropolitans are but um the, I, I couldn't imagine myself living anywhere bigger or smaller than this at this point in my life. Listen, man, like three cheers for the midsize city because. Oh, yeah. So like I live in Akron, Ohio, just outside of Akron now. And hey. Akron is slightly smaller than Lexington. Like it's a little over 200 K, I think. And it, the longer I live here, the more I realize like we have everything that a big city has. We might have less of it. Like there might only be two places to go get trendy ramen as opposed to like 40. <laughs> but like we have everything that you would need. Yep. And I can get from one end of town to the other in like like every day. So it's like it's a win-win. <laughs> I will I will say this too. There is something about a city of this size and and just the culture of it all that and I don't mean to I feel like I'm doing the opposite by saying this and I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but it is a, the perfect environment for learning humility and learning how to be a more humble person because things are not widely out of proportion, uh, one way or another, but you do get exposed to, um, 
the folks who unfortunately do have to live on the streets and also the people who are in multi-million dollar mansions uh, on a on a very frequent basis dude that's that's what i was going to say about lexington there's like sneaky money in mm-hmm. lexington there is right because like there when is. you drive around a lot of the old areas of town that used to be the money are a little bit run down they're not quite where they used to be but you just barely get outside of town or into some specific areas for you know over on the east side dude there is billion dollar horse industry and yep. that money you just don't see it necessarily when you're driving through but when you've lived there for a little bit you're like oh man there's there's some cash flow going through this city you know even after 28 years essentially of being here i still find myself going to certain parts in and around lexington where i'm like i have never noticed that house before that is a beautiful house how long has that house been there but then on the other end of it, it's like, I, I don't ever really go down those streets. I don't ever really go into those neighborhoods that, you know, people may consider low, low income or, you know, more inner city or, or whatever. But um, I, I also try to make an effort to be very aware of the people that are around me at any given time. Like it, it whether it's, you know, going a certain way to drop Eden off at daycare or, um, you know, just, just taking the time to observe where certain people are living at one point or another. Um, it, it is so important to me to be conscious of the community around you. And, um, bourbon has also really kind of been, uh, very helpful in teaching me about community and, um, being aware of the community as well. Yeah, man. Hey, I just want to say before we move on, this episode is going to do numbers in Lexington. This is a oh for sure. This thing's going to blow up, <laughs> at dude. Bourbon and Toulouse. Yeah. Well. Okay. So I was going to say oh, we've man. been talking about Lexington for a while. The thing I loved about Lexington more than anything else was the food. I mean, some of the food y'all have is underrated out of this world. food city. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Bourbon absolutely. and Toulouse. I mean, I know this is a sudden thing in general. For me, this was new. Cookout. Oh, man. Like, you got, uh, oh, what's Tolly Hose? If you want a hoe, you go grab a hoe at Tolly Hose. Like, okay, I want to clarify what Tolly Ho is. And this is not the first time I've had to do this on this podcast. <laughs> but Tolly Ho, Tolly Ho is a greasy spoon restaurant. It is nothing more and nothing less. But they have the, the vernacular around it is very funny. I mean, it's a bunch. It's basically built around college kids. It's where right? all the college kids go to get hoes. It, and it's <laughs> thanks, Brad. It's also <laughs> <laughs> it's also where all the college kids go at two a.m. after a long night of drinking to try and sober up a little bit. Um, works about nine times out of ten, maybe eight, depending on <laughs> the situation. But, dude, <laughs> even even sober, Tali Ho is some of my favorite food in town. Oh man. It's so good. And, you know, like, so, so spoiler alert, Brad and I, we went to grad school. Uh, we were in seminary and we were at uh, Asbury in Wilmore, which is right outside of Lexington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would be going to Tally Ho at 2 a.m. completely sober. 
uh, and pretending that we were going to like get work done for our classes. But then, of course, Tally Ho has no Wi-Fi because why would no. they? Right. No, they so do not. <laughs> we'd go there and be like, yeah, we're totally going to get stuff done. And then we would just eat, you know, a triple cheeseburger and bacon fries. Yeah. Uh, Bob, I believe it's called a hoe burger. <laughs> no, no Gary, response getting, from Brad. Such good Bob. content right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because Bob's not saying anything back to you, <laughs> right? No, but like I'm, I'm Perry, not taking the bait, dude. <laughs> Perry, if you if you had somebody coming into Lexington and you had to point them to one spot, like like where would you point them to and be like, bro, you can't miss out on this restaurant? So I. The, the one that I've been saying so much over the past few years, of course, is OBC Kitchen, um, which when did you guys leave Lexington or leave the Lexington area? I moved back in 2017, but I spent a lot <laughs> of time at OBC eating uh, bacon in a glass. Yeah. Yeah. That's the year that they opened, I think. 2017, 2016, something like that. But um, see, the trick is to show up right when the kitchen closes and be like, oh, I wanted some bacon. And then they'll just bring you the bacon that's left over. It was a true grad student trick that I employed it's a good numerous move. times. Yeah, it's a good move. Um, OBC is just one of my favorite places on earth. Uh, bourbon selection aside, the food is top notch 100% of the time. Um, but I think... I think if you're looking for a non-bourbon experience, I think Ramsey's is probably the place that I would point people the most often. Oh, Ramsey's. Because it it's just all very homegrown cooking and very close. I mean, it, it just feels like you go to like your grandmother's house for, for Sunday brunch or Sunday lunch or whatever. And yeah. like the hot browns always. I was feel just going to say, gym-y. man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can go to the Brown Hotel in Louisville where the hot brown was originally created and get, you know, that thing. But my ideal hot brown will always be Ramsey's. I'm so glad that we can be talking about this. This is this is exactly what I wanted to come on here and talk about. I I will say I'm going to give a shout out to one restaurant that I never went to. It might have opened since we moved away, Uh, but I was down in Lexington for a wedding like two or three months ago. And me and my buddy were like, let's go eat somewhere. And I saw a place called Big Kahuna Hawaiian Barbecue. Oh, have you my been there? Gosh. Big Kahuna Dude, Hawaiian Barbecue. I, I walked in and oh. this this should be to my shame, but it, it didn't click. The name didn't click for me until I turned around <laughs> and saw the life-size like head, like gianter than life-size painting. Of Samuel L. Jackson on the wall from Pulp Fiction. Oh my gosh, that's right. I and I was like, oh, I get it now. But beyond <laughs> that, that was some daggone good barbecue, bro. Dude, my favorite, I, I love that place and I could probably eat it once a week if I could afford it and if I weren't trying to lose weight. Um, <laughs> but my favorite thing there is their, um, I don't know, man. I the just fried, got their the fried pork. Yeah, that's what I got. I, I was going to say, I got their oh, like okay, cold cool, yeah. but fried pork sandwich and just slathered it in their barbecue sauce. It, bro, it's out of this world. <laughs> it sounds so good. Oh, now I'm hungry all over again. Yeah, we got to take a break. <laughs> For real. <laughs> we'll be back in a few. The one thing that I wanted to touch on too, and I think that this is something that is, it, it's it's very prevalent in the whiskey community but i don't think that it's talked about very often (laughs) i don't know the best way to phrase this but there are a lot of churchgoers who are very much into bourbon right 
And there are a lot of ministers who are also still very into bourbon. Um, I'm not going to name names or so I don't out anybody, but um, Barry, I, I was going to say, I literally today was, so I'm, I'm a church leader up in Delaware, Ohio, just North of Columbus. And we had a two day, like coaching training seminar with some guys that are just retired to come in and we hosted it at my house. And after the, the session last night, before they left to go back to their hotel, we drank some barrel bourbon together. Oh, then today in the middle, and we just had a 25 minute break. And I was like, do you guys want to have a little scotch? (laughs) (laughs) And so we had some of the Cadbull estate. So doing the, doing the Lord's work <laughs> to, to put it simply, yes, Christians like to drink alcohol. So what, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at, and I, it's, it's just, it's nothing that I feel like it needs to be talked down on because I, I mean, it, it's a part of many people's lives. It's part of our lives. And I, I do think that it's an interesting perspective to ask you guys, like having been through seminary, how did that kind of shape or change not only your uh relationship with whiskey uh and drinking in general but also kind of like how you wanted to use it moving forward content wise oh that's a great question so i mean i think for us getting trained in like bible and theology was like super integral to our ability to read texts like in general like you have to go through so many different classes on yeah. you know hermeneutics and like parsing out ancient cultures versus modern cultures and understanding like the flow of literature and things like that and reading different genres and things like that and that translates so perfectly to watching movies and i honestly like we've had so many people reach out to us and say hey like my favorite thing about your podcast is you, you, you do like your opening segment where you talk about performances and then you drink whiskey. And when we come back from that, we kind of close out with a little bit deeper analysis if it's there to be to be parsed yeah. out. Yeah. And people are always like, man, you guys can just see things that I've never seen in a movie. And honestly, I think if, if we are able to do that at all, it's because we've been so kind of thoroughly trained to look for those things. Yeah. And and I think that's what I really love about kind of applying our background to this show because you can find those themes like you could find religious themes in almost any movie if you want to but for sure but i think like beyond that it's just kind of learning how to read a text and like what's the director and the screenwriter trying to say here and what are the deeper things going on i don't know brad is that does that capture your thoughts yeah a hundred percent when it when it comes to the movies there's a certain level of training that you just can't ignore that being able to read movies takes time. It it takes skill and training. And the fact that we learned how to interpret this, like Bob said, ancient biblical stuff that was written in Hebrew was written in Greek uh, to, to move on from that to reading a movie, like the, the, here's the beautiful thing about Christianity, about the Bible is that it, it's all about storytelling. It's all about conveying this message that God has given the world of how he wants to interact with the world. And he does it through storytelling. Jesus can constantly use stories in his ministry when he was here on earth. So like, yeah, we, we learned how to read stories in seminary. And then we just kept doing that as we watched stories, <laughs> you know, now. 
I think the other half of our podcast, because we don't just watch films, we also drink whiskey. You know, this this is the part that can become a little contentious for Christians, right? Because, you know, the movement of the 50s, 60s, 70s was like this attitude of like, uh, don't smoke, drink or chew or go with girls who do. Right. <laughs> like like that's Perry might have never heard that statement before. But if, you I, if believe- I have, it's been a really long time since I have. Yeah. So like there's this attitude in uh, an older generation of Christianity and in current young Christians in certain pockets of like, you just don't drink alcohol. It's bad for you. It's a bad example. It's a bad witness. And like, I don't know. Do you mind if I get a little, a little theological here? No, for a please, second, Perry? please go ahead. I so, asked this question with the intent of seeing how many different avenues this could go down. So yeah. whatever, where, however you feel so led. Yeah. So like, I guess for me, I have two guiding principles when it comes to alcohol. And the first really comes from the Bible and this idea of like everything in moderation and don't do things that are going to make your brother or sister fall. So like, you know, honestly, my neighbor uh, that lives next to me, after getting to know him for a while, he shared with me that he'd been an alcoholic for like 40 years. Mm -hmm. He's in his like 70s now. When we had him over for dinner, do you think I'm going to talk about whiskey a bunch and like offer, like bring out a glass and be like, oh, Rick, I know you don't drink, but I'm going to have a drink. Like, (laughs) like you're just not going to do that. So that's like the first guiding principle. Don't like, don't mess with people who it's a real, a genuine issue for. Yeah. But the second principle, and this, this is what is meaningful for me. it, It comes back to what I said earlier in the episode that whiskey is a tool for bringing people together. And I, I think that when you really get at the heart of the gospel, what Jesus was trying to do in his ministry, what the other people who wrote the Bible were trying to get at, the message they're trying to portray, you know, in, in the in this book, in, in a part of the Bible, it's a book called Second Corinthians, they talk about this ministry of reconciliation, mm-hmm. that that people, humans, are separated from one another by the darkness of the world, by the sin in the world, by the crappy things we do to one another. We're we're separated. We're pushed apart. And God is calling us to reconcile, A, between us and him, and B, between each other, between, you know, human A and human B. Yeah. And so I genuinely think that when when you are using, you know, whiskey or alcohol in general, in a healthy way, you're using it in moderation. You're not getting totally trashed. You're, you're in control of your senses, but you use it to reconcile people together, to draw people together. I can't tell you how many people are vastly different than me, ethnically, yeah. economically, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, gender. Like, th- like there are people so different than me than I have no business getting to know or talking to, but man, they like whiskey. I like whiskey. Boom. We're good friends. So uh, to, to kind of speak to that point, it's funny because, and I think that this is just something that a lot of people go through the older they get, but uh, the older they get and the more that I've gotten into bourbon, uh, the more I've kind of mellowed out, if that makes sense, like in, and I'm not saying that it's specifically one facet or another of, of my life. I mean, I did grow up in a, a cooperative Baptist church. So, it, I mean, it was much more accepting than, than Southern Baptists, not saying that Southern Baptists are, you know, all hellfire and brimstone, but I mean, we had plenty of women who served 
uh, in the church. We had gay folks too, who were very active in, in church community. And so, you know, partially from that, you know, seeing a very accepting uh, church, I was able to kind of reconcile, you know, what I thought um, about the people around me and how I felt towards my, my neighbors, but also just there, there is just that kind of magical little thing about bourbon that like breaks down barriers and finally gets you to go, well, let's just focus on the things that we have in common and the things that can bring us together as opposed to the things that pull us apart. And so much of that, religious or not, is prevalent in our, our society today, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that bourbon is you know, the end all be all for getting people to sit down and have conversations because it's not that black and white, but, um, for those who are able to, I mean, it's not a bad way to start. (laughs) No, I could definitely think of worse. Oh, well, meth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) nailed it and check. (laughs) There it is. Um, but it, it, it is kind of hard to, and I, th- I think that it's something that a, a lot of Christians struggle with. But, you know, this notion of like, well, you can't be a Christian and drink. <laughs> you can't. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. Those, those two things don't go hand in hand out there. You go and have a glass of bourbon with dinner, or you know, relax on your Friday evening or, or whatever. But I yeah, I do think that uh, as long as it's being presented as moderation, that that is a much more acceptable model in all walks of life. Well, and also, you know, we've gotten very serious and very deep tonight here, but I just want to say for the record, it's also just delicious. Yeah. And it's really, really fun to do. Like, like, I don't think we, we, we don't need to like hold those two things in tension. Bourbon is really, really delicious to drink. You should, you should try it. (laughs) If you haven't tried it yet. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, like we're, we're talking about this idea of it bringing separate people together. I, I don't know if anybody has followed. I, I'm sure a few people have. He's kind of famous. But Joe Rogan's whole ordeal with CNN and the horse storm and all that. So he has Sanjay Gupta, their head medical correspondent on. Yep. And dude, him and Joe are getting into it on this podcast. But like halfway through, what, what does Sanjay pull out? clearly some assistant bought this for him, but he pulls out a bottle of Doc Swinson's alter ego and they start drinking it together. And in the middle of this argument uh, over politics and COVID and all this stuff, these two guys are just drinking it. And Joe's like, hell yeah, man, this is some good whiskey. Thanks dude. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I saw that moment and I just like, was like, yes, like this is what bourbon can do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that it's, helped me forge stronger friendships and uh, like i like I, I think that's kind of what i'm getting at when i say that like it mellows me out or has mellowed me out because it is a common thread for a lot of us and it gives us that opportunity to step back and go man this is really tasty what were we talking about like just kind of not take yourself so seriously for a little while I mean, that's like half the reason that we structure our show the way we do, because we like we'll start to get a little bit heated about Brad's horrific takes on, you know, like a Steven Spielberg classic being Toy bad. Story. Yeah, whatever, whatever it might be. 
And I, I'm just hitting that point where I said, all right, man, I need I need a break here. And we'll drink whiskey and we'll come back from the break. And I'm like, you know, it's all good. You can have your opinion. It might be trash, but uh, but we're we come out the other side stronger is what I'm saying. Yeah, because, you, you know, Steven Spielberg drinking with a 10 year old. It's just it's just the best thing in the world, man. Getting them drunk. Perry, I got to what's what's your take on the film E.T.? Uh, OK. <laughs> I It's it's not that I dislike it, but I don't have any nostalgia for it. Come on, let's go. Um, come on, Perry. So. Uh, yeah, all right, that's enough. I'm getting yeah, I'm getting into good. muddy waters here. It's <laughs> it's just not it's just not my favorite movie, but I still find some enjoyment in it, and I do like not not to sound wishy washy, but I do like the the general message and themes behind it of family and family being from all walks of life and everything, because I do think that's an important thing to bring to the table. But at the same time, uh, it it's just. It's just really not my cup of tea. It's not something that I grew up with loving. So I, like I said, I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for it. Yeah, no, those are like super important values. And I just wish they had been communicated well. Uh, that's all I want. Bob, yeah, I think you feel he's, like he's they did about, communicate it well, though. I was going <laughs> to, I just want to make sure that you're not interpreting what Brad's saying as like, you're not communicating them well. No, 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 no. I know <laughs> he's right. talking about the movie itself. Yeah, <laughs> this is why I love talking with Perry, because you always kind of walk the middle ground between us. You, you do such a good job of taking both of our thoughts and phrasing them much better than either of us ever do. We would never argue if Perry was around more. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I. I don't I don't know how to have this portion of the conversation, but um, I don't like confrontation. <laughs> For, for one so if i can walk that that middle middle ground and find ways to you know uh, appease the the majority um that's more important than me to me than um having opinions so loud and boisterous that they yeah, drown man. out everybody else and and i'm not saying that you guys are always at odds and i'm not trying to paint it like you're always at <laughs> each other's throats but because uh, you're absolutely not. And you guys have really wonderful conversation on the podcast. But um, again, it's community is so much more important to me than anything that could separate us. Um, and yeah. conversation, genuine, real conversation where you are bouncing off of uh, another person and having well-formed arguments and opinions and thoughts. And that that is so invigorating to me and so much fun and it's one of those things that you kind of don't get as much of a chance to do once you leave college uh if you're not going into an academic sort of uh, sort of field but it, it, it it's like the older i've gotten the more that i have craved it and the more that i've really wanted to be uh more analytical and when when i when i join you guys on film and whiskey that is me like going back to, you know, my, my classes in college, having discussions over, uh, you know, Plato's cave and the matrix and getting into our detective fiction class, which still one of my favorite classes I ever took, but well, that sounds awesome. Oh, it was incredible. It was incredible. We, I mean, we went all the way from, um, from, from Poe up into, uh, like the, the hard boiled detective stuff. Um, 
and it, it was just my professor was amazing and really encouraged just great deep conversation deep analytical conversation and so much of that shaped how I think about things and how I analyze things and um you know how how I'm able able to sit down and hold any kind of conversation but um I, I but think to, to your point though like yeah. I don't think that our podcast would work like this dynamic wouldn't work if Brad and I weren't like best friends the, the like the whole thing that makes yeah. this podcast yeah. podcast tick is that you you know that we love each other deeply and like the, the arguments we have about movies are always good natured and like I you know I have listened to just the most like nails on a chalkboard arguments over things like this that ultimately are just like movies are there to entertain and whiskey is there to entertain and at the end of the day, if there isn't some sort of communal aspect behind that, like it's, it's not worth debating. The thing that makes it fun is the fact that, you know, that on the other end of the mic is like your best friend. Yep. Yeah. I I was going to say, it really comes down to trust, right? Like, and this might sound dumb, but like even an opinion on a movie, like if I was doing this with someone I didn't know, there would come a point where I'd be like, man, he he gave this movie a nine i gave it a a five like and he just dumped on my opinion like does he just think i'm not smart does he think i'm you know not able to form a cohesive you know thought process and no it's like i know bob i trust bob and so when we're just dumping on each other I, i think there's a sense of like bob and i both know that there are certain things we will just never agree on. And when we hit that wall, we just start making fun of each other. <laughs> and, and like, and that just works because, because we're not actually so uh, attached to our opinions that it would ever affect how I feel about him and how he feels about me. I'm just waiting for Bob to chime in and say, no, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let that part go unsaid. No, but like, I think at the end of the day, our, our main goal is if we ever feel like the podcast is getting highfalutin or, you know, elitist in any way, then we have, or, we, or if we're, we or just, if we're just not having fun with yeah, it. Yeah. Like then, then we've just failed. Like we want this to be a podcast by two regular people for regular people. And you know, the day that we are like way too far down the rabbit hole of auteurist filmmakers and you know, hard to hard to attain whiskeys is the day that we need to just like hang it up and go well, drink, you know, Old Crow and just enjoy <laughs> ourselves again. <laughs> well, I think that that's what is so cool about what you guys do with whiskey makers or whiskey faces in the industry. Instead of having uh, a, a lot of filmmakers on the podcast or big or small, what you are doing is taking people who love whiskey and love film and then talking about the about that with them right and trying to remove yourself from some of the more highbrow conversations that some people might have and one of the things that we have kind of done on the back half of this year is had this mentality had this kind of spoken and unspoken mantra of keep bourbon fun because it can be serious at times and it can really help people some from from time to time but at the same time it's <clears throat> it's a luxury right we don't need bourbon to to survive 
I and it's a way that we kind of fill our uh, our spare time and uh, spend our spare dollars. So it, it's it's very and I I totally agree with you guys. If it ever gets to the point where it's just a slog to get through stuff, it, it's just not worth it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm really glad you brought up the interviews because like there is a sense. I honestly think we have a super cool niche in the bourbon world because like if you're in the bourbon industry and the bourbon podcasting world, you've heard Peggy No Stevens talk about starting the bourbon trail. You've heard her talk about her experiences in the whiskey world and all that. But have you ever heard her talk about The Godfather? Because <laughs> if you haven't, come tune into the episode where Peggy No Stevens talks about The Godfather with us. Like, th- there's something so cool about being able to talk to people about movies that they love, movies that help shape them into who they are. And it, it genuinely does just give you a, a different take on these people. But I, I also love, Barry, that you were like, that the way you said, you guys don't, interview filmmakers and stuff I was the way you said it made it seem like we have a choice we choose not to <laughs> is it not is it not that is it, well, I mean, is after, it after after brad trashed et spielberg wrote back and he was like i'm never i'm never coming back again <laughs> he drew he, he drew a little middle finger on it yeah here's, exactly. it's really detailed yeah. <laughs> here's here's the reality bob mentioned this earlier like the hospitality you receive in the bourbon world is crazy and it's a you know multi billion capital b billion dollar industry just like hollywood but the chances of a normal podcast like at this point i think you know based on recent statistics film and whiskey is in like the top 20 25 of all podcasts in terms of downloads which is psychotic i i can't believe that but even like a podcast of that size like we couldn't get Matthew McConaughey's second cousin's child who was in like never, a school play. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Life finds a way. Oh, yeah. nice. Hey, no, funny story go. about that. I was going to get so, one reference in before you, the night. You ended. gotta, right? Now that Spielberg's not coming on the show, you got to fill that role for us, man. Yeah, I so. don't do a, I don't do a very good Goldblum, but I was yeah, just say right. his lines. Right. So we actually, you know, it hit like season three and we were thinking, you know, we've got we've had a lot of bourbon industry people on the show. We should at least just shoot our shot. Like, let's reach out to some publicists that we can find their contact info and try to get someone from the film industry on here. And so I start thinking like, all right, well, obviously, we're not just going to start with like Denzel and Tom Hanks. So we got to work our way up through the ranks here. And I'm thinking, all right, maybe we we try to get like some some cinematographers or some like uh, film composers to come on and talk about their craft. That'd be really cool. And then it's like, all right, well, John Williams is a definite no. That's not going to happen. So like <laughs> I start thinking of all right, who are some composers that I really like? And I'm not going to say the name of the guy that we reached out to, but he's an up and comer. Like he's I think he's been nominated for an Oscar or two now. But, wow, you know, two years ago when we when we reached out, like you had to really know film to know who this guy was. Sure. And we reached out to his publicist and we were like, hey, you know, we just a half hour of his time. We that's all we need. We'll work around his schedule. And it was just like uh, he's not available now and will probably never be available in the future. Like that was was the email that we got back. So it was definitely Hans Zimmer then. It was. Yeah. This up and comer. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) No, actually, sorry. It was Howard Shore. Yes. Right. (laughs) No, but uh, just to highlight. It was Danny Elfman. Yes. 
<laughs> but just to highlight the difference between like the bourbon world and, and the world of Hollywood, the e- I, I should have just printed it and framed this email because it, it sounded professional. But the gist of it was he is not available now and will likely never be available to you in the future. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. The, the implied you there. <laughs> yes. I just I've never gotten an infinite no before. That was something that was really fresh and new to me. Yeah. So good it, times. it's it, it's at the same time heartbreaking and uplifting because it's like it, it's a it's a good step forward to go you know maybe i do need to sit back down for a few minutes but at the same time it's like <laughs> man <laughs> what do we got to do but so there there are a couple people that i want to hear you guys talk to and i think would be really cool to hear you guys talk to and one of them i want to interview well, I guess both of them, because I'm related to one of them. Um, but my my cousin, uh, one of my cousins on my dad's side, uh, is a short filmmaker and works for HBO. Um, oh, and wow. has submitted a lot of his work uh, to, to film festivals and um, actually shot a, a really cool little short horror film here in our house back in july uh of this year i guess maybe last year by the time this episode comes out i'm not entirely sure um but he he's incredibly well versed in in the industry and i mean knows his stuff and is able to i mean he literally was able to do every job that needed to be done on that shoot now it was a very small shoot but still uh it it was so cool to see him put everything that he had learned over his you know 20 plus years of work in in the industry to to good use and it was really really cool to be a part of it um so maybe i'll try to i'll try to get you guys content yeah man send him our way um i do have to ask though what's it what's it like knowing that your house is the setting of a horror film now is that like yeah is that like a Um, a badge of honor or is that kind of like an insult like so neither neither (laughs) because my my <laughs> my brother wore the scary costume, the scary mask for it. And so I can't take it seriously because I know of the guy who is under the mask. <laughs> right, right. And how goofy he is. And I can't be like, oh yeah, I'd be really scared of that thing if it can't. I mean, it's a creepy looking monster. Right. It's it's it'll give you some nightmares. But like, I just imagine like someone pulling up to my house and being like, hey, man, you know, this would be a really great setting for a horror movie. Like, all right, dude, that just sounds like a, like a backhanded compliment. There. Well, I, I don't I don't know the best way to explain it without kind of spoiling too much of it, but it is. um, This the setting of the house is not as important as much as the participants in the story are. Um. Okay. It, it, the, the house is just kind of a vehicle for the story to be happening. In. Mm, all right. Like got it's it. not, it's not, yeah. He didn't like look at our house and go, Hey, you got some cracked <laughs> shutters up there. Why don't we uh, <laughs> take, it, take it for a spin? Um, but the, the other person that I really want to see you guys interview uh, is Chris Stuckman, who is another, I guess for you guys, fellow Ohioan. Um, <laughs> he lives in Akron. He lives, he, he lives like, Akron? he lives like five minutes from me. Really? Yeah, man. Listen, if you have any pull with, with the Stuckman, uh, uh, hive out there, 
Like, I'm working. I'm working on it because work those channels because we really want to get Chris Stockman on the show, man. I he he's just somebody that I admire so much. I and <clears throat> last year with his uh, revelations about um, his past <clears throat> with the Jehovah's Witness mm-hmm. um, and how he kind of came out on the other end of that. Um, it's so fascinating to me, and it's so just invigorating seeing somebody who has overcome that kind of adversity and still is very confident in who they are and has been able to uh, kind of reason with the things that they dealt with uh, growing up and still have such a passion for life and, you know, the the thing that he that they love, which, I mean, for him is filmmaking. And it's yeah. so cool. I, I love, I have loved his YouTube channel forever. Uh, the work that he does is so cool and so much fun. And I really, really want to see you guys get to sit down with him. Well, yeah, that dude, that would be so, so cool. Uh, I, I will say we, we talked about how we haven't gotten in with the movie industry. The two people that we've gotten in with that I would say are movie industry adjacent, if you will. Uh, Josh Larson is a professional film critic. He came on our show I mean, what was it, Bob? Season one, maybe early season two. Yeah, it was, it was very early on. And he was just the coolest guy. I, I was so blown away by how professional he is, okay. how down to earth he is. So big shout out to Josh Larson. He's over on the Film Spotting podcast. Okay. Uh, and then our second one, and this was just, I this was just wild that we we have had him on twice because we love his stuff. Patrick H. Willems. Oh my gosh. My dude, Patrick, is one of the coolest guys in the world, so and he's cool. been on two episodes, and I we just feel so lucky to have talked with him. You know, we just reviewed the movie Charade with him, and he is super down to earth, super good guy. And so the, the few contacts we have had in the movie industry have genuinely been great ones. Well, I, I, I know that my, my cousin would be a really good contact for you guys to have you guys to have excuse me um but man chris i mean just even getting buddy buddy with chris a little bit would be so cool oh yeah i i shot my best shot with him this time around because we just reviewed the movie signs like a month ago oh yeah Uh famously his favorite movie of all time yeah so i re i was i sent an email i was like chris my guy fellow akronite we're about to talk about signs please come on (laughs) <laughs> and it didn't happen. So we got we got to find other ways to gently pressure him into appearing on the show. Um, you know, it's a shame. I feel like he's never going to do hilariosities again, um, which were some of the best content. Um, oh, yeah. On YouTube. And yeah, my, I think my favorite video from him of all time is his review of the fanatic with. Um, <laughs> oh, shoot. I'm is telling that, you, I can't. I can't think is that of, the Travolta one? That's the Travolta one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's got the awful bowl cut and mullet. And I think his first line in the movie is like, "I have to go poop." Yep, that's, that's exactly like, what that's it is. like. How the movie yep. opens. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, go watch that review if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it yet. Uh, you don't need to see the movie after <laughs> after watching his after watching Chris's review, um, just because it's so. Uh, it's a work of art in and of itself. Um, but anyway, that's my that's my little wish list, my little my <laughs> dream guest for you guys. 
You know what, though? Like, when you mentioned the hilariosities thing, and I think Brad and I kind of went through a similar thing. We were doing a little short series for a while on on bad movies. We were just trying to pick bad movies. To It was right when the pandemic started. So we were kind of doing like watch parties with people in our in our community that wanted to come on and watch a bad movie with us. It was something fun to do. But I think we really quickly realized that it's just so much more life giving to find a movie to stick up for and defend and and try to win people over with a good movie. Absolutely. Then then to just take something down and like, yeah, it's fun to watch bad movies sometimes and laugh about it. Um, but I honestly think like some of the best feedback I've ever gotten from the show was somebody wrote in and told told us that they watched Citizen Kane because of our show. And wow. they were like, honestly, I thought it was kind of boring. And I was like, all right, cool. And I kept reading. And they said, but I listened to your episode and I went back and I watched it a second time with what you said in mind. And I liked it. I don't think it's the best movie of all time, but I would give it like an eight out of ten. And honestly, wow, it doesn't sound like a rave review. But somebody went back and watched an 80 year old movie two times because of something that Brad and I said about it. And that like is that is some, that's a huge honor. That is some really genuine feedback that is not very evident in a lot of podcasts. So. For sure. <laughs> call, call us influencers, Perry. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Making Look, people <laughs> begrudgingly like classics since 2019. <laughs> Given classic movies a uh, eight out of ten b minus perry i got i have a question for you because you're gonna come back on the show at some point because we love having you i love being on the show i want you to to call your shot now though like what movie do you want to do next time you come back we'll let you pick this time oh i um i think we might have chosen when i was on for uh almost famous but uh that thing you do Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So, we gotta, yeah, we did talk about to that. wrap up the uh, the trilogy of musical episodes that, <laughs> yes. that I've done. But um, <laughs> that thing you do is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I it's funny because I I've I've seen the not the non extended cut, so I guess the theatrical cut. Uh, but I I actually love the extended cut just slightly more. Um, it's a, just a more fulfilling watching experience for me, I guess. Um, but also being a musician and seeing the struggles of trying to work your way up in a local music scene and not look, I'm not going to say that I've had any success outside of Lexington, Kentucky. That is not true at all. Um, but like, it's tough, man. It is a tough, tough go at it. Trying to convince people that, they should go to a show with original music and, um, you know, have people be into it, but there's just something so true and down to earth about that movie that I love. And I think that it couldn't have been captured by anybody else other than Tom Hanks, uh, in all, in all honesty, but, um, it, it really, really just shows the drive and passion and the love and adoration for being an up and coming musician and, and being, so confident and and passionate behind the music that you write and then things never working out exactly the way that you want them to like it, it's it's such a tried and true tale uh for for musicians i j- yeah. i just rewatched it again i'd say like 3 months ago yeah and i think probably the most underrated thing about it is people don't often talk about just how good the song is 
because the entire movie is structured around the fact that that is just a perfect piece of pop songwriting. Yep. yep. Like they play that song legitimately 30 times in a 90 minute movie. Yeah. And it doesn't get old. It, it no, never gets I was old. not annoyed with it by the end of the movie. And, that, and uh, that's really saying something. And there are so few film soundtracks that I want to listen to on a regular basis. I could put that song on just about daily and still find it entertaining. It just. Do you think that song is the whole soundtrack? Like they just when you buy the the soundtrack album, it's just, <laughs> just like a, it's, it's a just one track, it's a single 13, 13 songs in a row. On right. one, uh, we're gonna, one CD. This is this is our EP. Uh, <laughs> that thing you do. It comes with a Guys, it comes with I, a built-in loop function. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I tell you about the disappointing experience I just had watching that thing you do? Oh no. Yeah, you can, but oh no. <laughs> so, so I, so my wife and I, uh, we, we got a free trial for Hulu for a month mm-hmm. and we sat down and I'm looking through and, and that thing you do pops up. And I'm like, oh, we, we should watch this. I love this movie. Haven't seen it in a long time. So my wife and I sit down, we watch about an hour of it. It's like a hour and 40, 50 minute movie and we're tired. So we go to bed and I asked my wife, I'm like, well, do you want to finish it with me? She's not super into like musicals or even movies with a ton of music in them. And she's like, honestly, I just want to watch it to find out if Tom Hanks is the bad guy. And I was like, that is a valid reason for watching the rest of this movie. But the problem is like a week later, we sit down to watch it and I, it's not popping up on my recently viewed. It's not anywhere. They took it off the platform (laughs) and it's not streaming anywhere for free. You have to rent it on freaking Amazon. (laughs) I was so pissed. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like hitting the search bar and typing it in. Can't find it. I'm like, Hulu's the worst platform ever. Does it keep the movies you you were watching? I mean, that's that's something that you need to own on digital i feel right? like regardless I, I mean probably and and, and <laughs> i want to give i want to give a credit where credit is due to the just real worldness and the the quality of this movie the first time that i watched it it got finished and i looked at my dad and i said well what what happened afterwards what happened to the wonders after you know they yep. broke up i was like yep it's a movie like they're not they're not real and i was like <laughs> I mean, I can't go listen to his solo stuff after they broke up. Yeah. There's no imagine. There's no. <laughs> there, there there's is no. no there's, die. There's no plastic Ono band coming yeah, from the exactly. Oneaters. Yeah. Have you guys? Have you guys? Um, this is yes. Going yes, okay. I have. I have watched all eight hours of Get Back on consecutive days. I knew exactly where you were going, man. Um. I th- I love it so much. I really just oh, I was so good. So in love with it. So and good. it's but it's such a long watch and it takes forever to get through. But you know, as as a musician, of course, you're always like, what I wouldn't give to go back in time and sit down with the Beatles mm-hmm. and watch them write their music. This is as, this is like as it's as close yeah. as you're ever gonna get. It's as close as you will ever be to sitting down. I almost said Paul Lennon, Paul McCartney and John Lennon (laughs) as they write one of their hit songs. Yeah. And it's so I and and I thought at first, you know, before I knew really anything of it, I thought it was going to be like a standard documentary. They're going to interview people. It's going to cut the footage. And then, you know, it's going to be like what you would normally see. But 
the fact that it's like raw footage, it just, it makes it so real for me. Well, and it's one of those things too, where you, you've got to give credit to Peter Jackson uh, just on a filmmaking standpoint, because they had 60 hours of footage to cut down. And I think they said 150 hours of audio to cut down and to make this eight hour documentary. And like, is it too long? Probably. It's a little shaggy. I thought the second part was a little too drawn out. But what he's doing from a filmmaking standpoint, too, it, it relies on the fact that you know who the Beatles are and you know, you probably know a little bit of the history of these recording sessions. But it also relies on the fact that you know what's going on, like outside the parameters of the movie. Like, you yeah. know that John yeah. Lennon dies, you know, 10 years from from that point. And so when you have these moments where he's just kind of letting the footage go on and on while Paul and John are singing two of us in funny Jamaican accents at each other, it's through, like through clenched it, teeth. And yeah, and clenched teeth. And God, I it, love that it just so becomes much. such a like a weirdly, profoundly touching moment because you know what's coming. You know the breakup's coming. And then you also know that John's going to die. And like, yeah, I, I just really love that he doesn't hammer that home. He doesn't hit you over the head with it. But just as a viewer, it really makes those moments even more special. It it, it almost feels like w- without it being intentional, and I mean, in some ways it probably is based on the, the direction of it, but it's almost like we're being guided through that as Paul McCartney because he is so cognizant of the fact that they are on their last legs. I mean, he is devastated by the fact that this band is not going to last much longer yeah and and i mean you can you can see it you can feel it just in the way that he's trying to grasp at straws and and pull everything together and there's that one scene where george has left and john's gone and it's just him and ringo sitting in the studio and he just goes and then there were two and it's just this slow zoom in on his face and his eyes are watering up and it's just like this is this is our end. This is the guy who makes all of this not just worthwhile, but makes us feel the human side of it all mm. and how tough it was for these three guys who were, by the way, I am as old now as John Lennon and Paul McCartney were when the Beatles broke up. It blows my mind. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that nutty? <laughs> to think about how much they accomplished in their life by the time they were my age right now. Right. And, and, which means, and it, which means they, that Paul wrote yesterday, like wherever you were five years ago. Exactly. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like yeah. it's nuts, man. Yeah. And, and here's, go ahead, go ahead, Brad. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, here's a, a crazy fact that I literally learned today. I, this is just like serendipitous. It's, it's crazy that we're talking about John being assassinated, the Beatles, all this. I, I mentioned earlier that we had some, uh, church, coaches that were helping us with some stuff right to literally today yeah this guy that was meeting with us did ministry in buffalo new york he partook in a prison ministry where he has spent multiple different visits ministering to the killer of john lennon oh my gosh no joke knows the dude has a personal relationship with him and, and told me about him. Apparently this guy like genuinely loves Jesus. Now he like, he's going to be in prison the rest of his life. Uh, like he has talked to him about killing John Lennon. <laughs> I was just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, the wildest thing. He literally said that. And my jaw just 
dropped. I was like, wait, you know the guy who killed John Lennon? He goes, yeah, man, did prison ministry with him. Like, you know, because why not? Because I've got an off day, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Wow. This, yeah, it's nutty. Guy told him that, like, when it happened, he was off all of his meds. He he has, you know, some some mental things going on. He was off all of his meds and... It he, he I don't even know if he really knew he was who he was killing. It, like it, it's just the it was the wildest thing, wildest thing. And now here we are talking about it like six hours later. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to respond to this. Like yeah, honestly, how do you it's segue like, out of that? That that, is... that sat so heavy, like on my chest. Yeah, like, I felt like I just had <laughs> like a ton landing on my chest, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to like. I don't know how to feel about that or respond to that other than did like, you when when you emailed emailed us to like set up we were like oh we're gonna finally interview film and whiskey did you have <laughs> any idea this is where we would go the fact that i'm six degrees of separation from the guy who killed john lennon absolutely not yeah. this yeah. is what you get for not. making us wait two years to come on your show we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> drop this bomb on you <laughs> I almost said something really, really dark <laughs> after that. So I'm going to, I'm going to refrain from that. I'll tell you what I was thinking after we get done recording here. Um, but guys, I, I do think we need to go ahead and get, get wrapped up, but um, genuinely, I am so sorry. It took so long to get you guys on the podcast, but um, thank you so much for the support that you've given this, my bourbon podcast over the past two years. Thank you so much for allowing me to come and be a part of film and whiskey as well on multiple occasions. Uh, it has been so much fun to see you guys grow and to see you guys just cement who you are as a podcast uh, in, in this world. And I am enjoying so much of what you all do. And I really, really cannot wait for the next five seasons uh, of, of film and whiskey. Uh, surely there's enough movies to talk about to fill that space, right? And there, there might be enough whiskeys to talk about. Maybe if we're lucky, but no, where Perry, can, uh, Oh, go ahead, Bob. I was just going to say, man, this, this has been a blast. We we're, we're gently ribbing you about the two years thing. Honestly, like it, this was totally worth it sitting and talking to you for this long. It's, it's so nice to kind of get out of like the standard, you know, format that we have and just kind of shoot the breeze with somebody. So man, so good to hang out with you tonight. And I'm sure we'll do it again before, oh, before yeah. too long i mean yeah. there's yeah. there's no reason not to but um of course people can find the podcast on whatever podcast app they're listening to this my bourbon podcast on uh but where can they find you guys on social media as well yeah so we are on facebook twitter and instagram at film whiskey whiskey with an e uh, we we have not. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've mentioned the E. I know. I mean, it's important <laughs> distinction for for it our is. international listeners. But yeah, we're we're not a Scottish podcast. <laughs> Could be all about Maker's Mark. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, you want to no, mention it, our Discord? I was going to say, if you really want to engage with us, we if you know what Discord is, then just jump in any of our show notes. Get on our server. We spend so much time interacting with our listeners. It's an absolute blast over there. If you've never used Discord, it's genuinely just like a, a much more secure version of social media. You only interact with the people you want to. And if you don't like it, you can just leave. It's true. Uh, so it's, it's a really cool way to connect with people 
who are like-minded, who enjoy the things you enjoy. And if you like movies and whiskey and memes about our podcast, come join our Discord. We'll drop links for everything below in the description as well. But once again, thank you guys so much, Bob and Brad. It's been so much fun hanging out with y'all tonight. And uh, we'll definitely see you real soon. Yeah, Perry, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, man. Eric, I think it's time that we do the first review of 2022. Ooh, baby, I've been excited about this. Is this the first review? I think it is the first review. I believe so. I, I said that and I immediately backpedaled on that that statement. Um, Maybe? Oh, wait, no, we reviewed the Jack Daniels Quay Hill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that was that was a bottle from 2021. Well, this, that's true. This is an actual bottle from 2022. And that is also true. So, we are going to be reviewing the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof A122, which was sent to us very courteously by Heaven Hill. I love that they just send whole bottles. It's really nice. And I it, it makes it okay for me that they send just samples of like the larceny barrel proof and like the, the Parker's Heritage collection because it's like guaranteed that I get they know three free bottles of bourbon. They know you are a Lodge Craig Barrel Proof boy. <laughs> they know you. Uh, but this one is clocking in at 120.8 proof. And according to the press release that we got, this is the 10th year of doing Elijah Craig Barrel Proof wide releases. So they have done in the past, and thankfully we've been able to try them here and there, uh, like gift shop releases that have been barrel proof, which are absolutely phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Um, but in terms of like, you know, and, and, you know, going far back enough, they weren't, you know, labeling them like A112. It was just barrel proof. It right? was just barrel proof, yeah. Um, but this is continuing the trend that we have seen over the past year or so of lower proof Elijah Craig barrel proofs. So this is 120.8. And I got to thinking about this because I think that this is one of the major criticisms of Elijah Craig barrel proof right now. Is this because we are being faced with the fact that there is a master distiller at Heaven Hill who is not necessarily well accustomed to more barrel proof products because Connor O'Driscoll is Irish. I was going to say he's an Irish whiskey guy, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot of Irish whiskey that goes too hard in the paint and it usually yeah. sits around like 90 proof, 80 proof, something like that. So, I, I, what do you think? Do you think that this is just something that we're going to expect from his tenure at Heaven Hill, or is this more from a like blending perspective? I mean, I want to think too that it's like the Kentucky weather. Maybe that has something to do with it too. Like we've had insane weather the last little bit. I don't know how that works when they're bringing it out of the barrels and everything, as far as like our weather has been um, the last couple of years. I feel like we have like late winters and like long yeah like, i don't know but i want to think that he still wants to keep it traditional i don't i don't think he wants to like change it too much but at the same time he is the master behind it and maybe he maybe he wants it to be approachable to more people yeah i don't know i i yeah i don't think that and and this was just kind of the the process that i went through thinking about this i don't think that this is his fault 
necessarily. I don't think it's really his doing. Um, I'm sure that he has some say here or there on what the final product turns out to be. But I mean, these were not barrels that were rested when he was the master distiller. True. And also, I mean, the master distiller is supposed to be doing the distilling portion of it, not the, you know, blending and crafting. All right. Necessarily. Um, Who's on that panel? Who's on the barrel proof panel? I would be on that panel in a heartbeat. heartbeat. I would, I would sell a kidney. What if I just randomly ask people to be on each like release? Like you're going to be on the A panel this year. I'm going to pick the the barrel proof, Elijah Craig barrel proof. Heaven Hill, I'm waiting for the call. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. I'm just waiting for the call. He's got boxes of Elijah Craig barrel proof. He's got plenty of stuff to study. Trust me. (laughs) I will say though, despite the fact that this is lower proof, this is like classic Elijah Craig barrel proof. It smells really good. I don't think I'm going to have as wild a reaction to an Elijah Craig barrel proof as I did the A120 a couple of years ago. But this is still... This smells like... It smells just, great. This is one of those that just smells like what bourbon should smell like. Like, it's just classic. Well, and I've always said Elijah Craig is what bourbon should taste like in general. And I mean, if the barrel proof version is any indication, this is, yeah. you know... It's, it's further he- proof. Yeah, it's just classic Heaven Hill. Like, what do we say on the portion on the floor? Um, Heaven Hill. It's just like it smells like Bardstown. Like it yeah. smells like Bardstown and like a little bit of a bakery in the background. Like, you know, you're in Bourbon Country and there's somebody making some like cinnamon cookies or something in the background. That's what yeah. this smells like. Yeah, it's got that like Snickerdoodle cookie Snickerdoodle. that I've always mm-hmm. had come through on on elijah craig but it's just kind of like cranked up because it's yeah. barrel proof it's a bakery like it's just a bakery in a in a pour you know what it reminds me a lot of is the confectionaries in disney world oh, i love that place <laughs> disney world in general but going in oh dude I like the bakeries dude and all that. dude dude when we do our family trip to Disney World. We are doing an episode where we pair baked goods yeah. from the the Disney bakery with bourbon. Oh my gosh. 100%. Well, I'll go out and find friggin' Goofy so that we can get him on the episode. Gorsh, Mickey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going. Thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. I'm going to Disney World in April. I didn't know that. For April's birthday. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she. Uh, it's her fortieth. Uh, uh, and hold on, hold on. What? She was named April because she was born. Oh in yeah. April. Her mom's so lame. <laughs> huh. Um. Well, that's just how it is. That's how it be sometimes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Was, oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we uh, just me and her are going in uh, for her birthday. I'm super jealous. So I plan on sneaking all the stuff inside Disney, and I will be pairing stuff all day long. Anyway. Anyway. So. 
I mean, this really does have just nothing but confectionery sweetness yeah. to it. Just classic, like, those bakery notes all amped up. Mm-hmm. 120 proof. Some brown sugar. A little dark. I was um, going to say I got a little maple in there, too. Yeah, for almost. sure. It's like a pancake when the maple syrup's kind of been soaked in there for a little yeah, while. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's not like straight like maple hitting you right in on the palate. And but... it, it, it's funny that you say that because I do kind of get a little bit of butteriness on it as mm-hmm. well. Um, I, I will say I'm kind of missing a little bit of the oak influence, though. It doesn't taste that old. No. It reminds me of, you know, it reminds me of some of those picks that we've tried that are like, what, the nine years? Absolutely. Uh-huh. And I mean, the the age statement on this hasn't changed. It's still 12 years old. Yeah. But I, I, they can take away our freedom. No, they can I was take. Say, damn, he's getting into a yeah, monologue here. They can take away the age statement on the small batch all day long. And I'll, I'll mostly be okay with it. If they take away the age statement on the barrel proof, I will be pissed. You flip this table. I'll be upset. Um, and I'll probably quit the podcast. Damn. I'll quit everything I love. Can you show me how to edit before? <laughs> I'll keep it going. You gonna, without me, you're just going to keep the podcast going? Yeah. I think that's really funny. It's like a legacy. Yeah, I love that. You can't let it stop. No. I'm going to pass this on to our kids one day, right? Is that how it works? Sure. I don't think a podcast has ever lasted that long. Let's Could you imagine, though, if they did the same... Like, if bands did the same thing? Oh, they just... Pa- they just pass it on to their kids yeah like eventually the almond brothers band is just like their kids it's like kiss but it's kiss kids <laughs> kids kiss what it doesn't work <laughs> sorry <Either way. laughs> you know what i mean this is a wild episode you know what i mean i do know what you mean um so the the price at at least msrp has not changed they still say it's 60 dollars a bottle Last one I got was 75. I mean, I think that's just what you're going to get it for. Anymore. 75 to 80 something. Yeah. I guess some places probably more. Yeah. But I I I think at $60. If we're kind of consistently getting this quality, I don't mind it. But if it's going to start creeping up in price, they've got to step up their game a little bit. If it starts creeping up in price and keeps creeping down in proof, I'm pissed. I, here, here's my one thing, though. I think this is more interesting than any Elijah Craig barrel proof we got last year. I think this stands out so much more than anything that Elijah Craig Barrel Proof was in 2021. Yeah, because normally I'm a C guy on these, and I actually like B of last year. Um, and I just had some more of the C, because that was the last one I got. And it's just, it's honestly just something I want to drink if I just want to have a high proof. It's not anything like, ooh, yeah. I'm craving some Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. It's yeah. just like, oh, I want something a little higher proof. I'll, I'll drink some of that. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm putting it in a rocks class, and I'm just sitting with it while yeah. I watch TV. Yeah. But, you know, C918, I'm putting that in the Glen, and I'm just smelling it, and I'm just studying <laughs> Enjoying it. Enjoying it for the rest of the night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for exactly. sure. Exactly. Um, I, I, I like this for what it is, but I don't know if I like this as an Elijah Craig barrel proof. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
I I think that we are missing out on what makes Elijah Craig Barrel Proof special. There's just that 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 hits you somewhere, like hits you in the face, hits you in the finish, whatever. That's just like that's Elijah Craig yeah. Barrel Proof. There's not anything on that. That's like this is like a safe version of Elijah Craig it Barrel is. Proof. Yeah, this is like let's ease somebody into a Barrel Proof whiskey. Would you rather pick up one of these safe Elijah Craig barrel proofs or find a really off the wall, definitely doesn't taste like Elijah Craig barrel proof pick? Pick. Okay. I feel like the picks are just, they have that kind of like uncut, kind of un, you know. I mean, this is like, non-chill filter, too. Yeah, and, but I mean, like, that kind of, like, it's not been, like, rounded around the edges. It's yeah. kind of like, yeah. here we are, barrel-proof whiskey. Yeah. Like, they have that. This feels like they took barrel-proof whiskey, and they're like, we're going to make sure that it appeals to everybody. It's barrel-proof whiskey with training wheels. Yeah. <laughs> like, the it's barrel-proof whiskey with those bumpers that they put at bowling lanes. bowling lanes, yeah. Yeah, that's what this is. <laughs> Which is a shame because I feel like it should be just bold and brash and just something that you want to sit and sip on all the time, like the C918, which is my favorite bourbon of yeah. all time still. But I, th- this is good, but it could be great. I want that's, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof to be great. Right. And it's not been great in that's, a couple of years. That's a good way to put it. It's good if I see it. For MSRP, I'm going to buy it. Because, Absolutely. But it's not anything that I'm going to bring out and be like, you've never tried Elijah Craig Barrel Proof? I'm not reaching for that. This is not the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof to give to ECBP virgins. No, because <laughs> they're going to take that and they're going to be like, this is pretty good. And then you're going to be like, here, try this, you know, whatever back 136 proof one that you yeah. have. And they're going to be like, what? This is killing me. Yeah. <laughs> Should have given me this one first. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I feel like overall it's hard for us to kind of keep breaking down individual scores on Elijah Craig Barrel Proofs because they're going to be fairly consistent unless something just completely blows it out of the water like the A120 did. Um, but, I like, it's still a buy for me. Uh, there. I don't think there's ever unless I have like multiple backups of one. There's never going to be a time I see one sitting there for a regular price, and I say I'm going to pass on this. Yeah, exactly. Unless I have like two of them. Unless I can't afford it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Unless I really got to buy groceries instead of (laughs) bourbon. Guess what, kids? It's bourbon soup for dinner. Got ramen and bourbon tonight. (laughs) Um, A great pairing. Yeah, no doubt. Should uh, do that for sips and snacks heck one yes. time. Yes, do ramen. I would bourbon. love that. I love ramen. I'm I'm totally down. Um, yeah, it's a buy. Anytime, anytime you can get an affordable Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, I would say keep it just to have it. Yeah. Is it going to be the one you impress your friends with who haven't had them before? No. But I mean, like at this price point, for the quality of whiskey that you are getting. And the fact that it's barrel proof. And it's 12 years old. It's 12 years old. I mean, it's it's hard not to justify picking one up. It's just us who have had all the other ones. Yeah, you yeah, know? exactly. We're judging it hard. Yeah. Um, 
in in retrospect, yes, I do think that I would prefer other batches or something with a little bit more punch. But this is still very serviceable. Yeah. So if if you've got more and you're kind of on the fence and you don't have the extra cash, this may be one to pass on. Yeah. So. But also, if you like those sweeter flavors, mm-hmm. especially in a barrel-proof whiskey. If you like to be a little bumper bowling alley baby barrel-proof person, then this may be your thing. You just call our listeners babies. <laughs> no, I said if they like, it, you know, if the person's like, yeah, I like bumper baby barrel-proof whiskey, then... This is the bottle for them. Yeah. There you go. So. How about some tips and bits? Eric? Tips and bits. What do you have to recommend to our listeners this week? Um, Can I I just make a note before we we get too far into it? Um, We've lost like four heavy hitters in the entertainment world uh, recently. We recorded on new year's eve literally after i hit stop on the recording i got a tweet that said betty white died so it was betty white bob saget america's dad whom i just love dearly and dearly and dearly and just i like the more and more that i dig into who he was as a person it just makes me love him more um, if you follow me on Facebook, I posted this, but I really think he's just laughing at people because there are plenty of people who do not know the Bob Saget stand-up. Oh, absolutely. Who only know him from Full House. And if you take somebody who only knows the Full House Bob Saget and you listen to some of his stand-up, yeah. I could imagine the the thoughts and the what people are thinking like whoa this guy said this and all that his stand-up is amazing well i um i watched the other night this it was kind of an interview kind of just like a i i don't know a discussion i guess that he did uh at 92y with uh john oliver and it was just an amazing conversation but um there's this whole like it was right around the time that his first book came out uh, which was in like 2014 uh and there's this paragraph in his book where he makes up just a very dirty scenario where he gets pulled over by a couple of cops uh and the end end of this the paragraph is everything i said before now in this paragraph didn't actually happen it didn't make any sense so but he's he was just such a a wonderful human being mm-hmm. and such an intelligent incredible performer and the fact that like he died the the night after he had this the the gig that brought him back into doing stand up and the thing that he loved and like his his final like post to the world was I'm back into this and I love this so much. And it reminds me of why I love this. And and the fact that like, he just went peacefully in his sleep. Like that's how you want to go. Right. When people were like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. But like, go, go out on that kind of high and then just, you know, enjoy the fact that this person lived the life that they loved. Yep. And that's what he did, and that's what's so incredible, uh, incredible about who Bob Saget was. And 
Um, I don't mean to gloss over Betty White either, but I I went through a very short grieving process with Betty White, where I just watched a, like a day's worth of Golden Girls episodes. <laughs> she was awesome. I loved I loved her Deadpool review. Did you did you? I've ever, not seen that. Oh gosh, tips and bits. Go watch Betty White's Deadpool review. I, I'm gonna have to now. It's so good. Um, but then like just today, Meatloaf. As of recording, Meatloaf passed away uh his daughter actually lives in lexington uh, yeah, I knew and that. and we uh she's family friends on lucy's side as well it's just insane but then uh also today's her birthday oh not a good not a good birthday present yeah. um but louis anderson also passed away Remember as his well. cartoon i don't know if Did i ever, ever watched what it? was it called life with louis 1994 it was funny uh i mean i was a year old in 94 so well i was only nine eight and i didn't probably understand half the stuff that was in (laughs) i just thought it was funny but i i i I loved his his work i always just was so fixated on whatever character he did uh in any piece of work and one of my favorite things that he did was play zach galifianakis zach galifianakis why can't i say this name Galifianakis. Galifianakis. Thank you. Uh, his mom in <laughs> um, the clown show, whatever it was called. Zach Galifianakis is a clown. That's what that's what the name of the show was. <laughs> Check that show out. Uh, but it was it was just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful work. Yeah. Um, and it's just crazy that we've lost so many wonderful, talented actors and comedians and. Uh, and then, musicians. Uh, uh, one of the actors from uh, Moon Knight died in a skiing accident. Just out of the blue, too. Moon Knight's not even come out yet. No, he uh, they he had all his stuff filmed. It said, um, and he was uh, young uh, Hannibal Lecter in the Hannibal show. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. Crazy stuff. Man. So anyway, R.I.P. So, hug your loved ones. Yeah. Hug your favorite celebrities. <laughs> Don't do that. You're gonna get sent to jail. But you know what I mean. Yeah. I've told I've you said, my. I've told I've you said my, you know what I mean a lot this episode. That's pretty bad. I've told you my Dennis Quaid story, right? Have you told the show though? I don't know. You've told me. So, I was about. I think I was thirteen, and thirteen or fourteen, and we were on spring break in Chicago with my family, and I, I'm sure I've told this on the show before, but it's. A good story. I I love this story. It's one of the funnier things that I've experienced in my life. But we uh we went to the zoo and we were indoor at the penguin exhibit. And I look over to my left and there it it's Dennis Quaid. I mean Dennis Quaid is right there. He's with his wife and his son. And I could not think of his name to save my life. And I went up to my dad and I probably said it louder than I should have, but I said, Dad. I think that's the guy from The Rookie. Because that's the movie that I really knew him from at that point as well. Uh, And he was like, oh, Dennis Quaid? I go, yeah, I think Dennis Quaid is over there. And like within seconds, and we were inside, by the way, at this Penguin exhibit. (laughs) He like threw his sunglasses on and he and his family just like power walked out of the building. Get get out of here. (laughs) 
we can't be around the people who recognize us. But like, I felt so bad about it because I clearly like he wanted to just have a relaxing day with his family and he didn't want to be recognized by anybody. But here's this like snot nosed teenager, young teenager going, you were in a baseball movie. Yeah. Anyway, that's the that's the one thing like when you do see a random celebrity, like as I'm older now, I'm like, just let them be. Like just let them enjoy yeah, their time. When exactly. I'm younger, when I was younger though, I was been annoying too. Well, and I wasn't trying to like draw it too much no, attention to it. It was just, just kind of like, Dad, this is really cool. Like yeah. this guy from this movie that we love so much, and yeah. I still love that movie. I haven't watched it in forever, but that might be my my evening is watching <laughs> the, the Rookie. It's, oh, it's a good film. Anyway, uh, regular tips and bits now. Back. Um, that's all staying in i'm not cutting that out no i'm saying we're back to regular tips and bits. oh okay, that was our you. memorial i got you our memorial tips and, and bits. air horn is the memorial for the people that <laughs> I died no <laughs> what a... this episode just, makes just no go sense. back and edit and put like some kind of soothing music in there for me um well I feel like I've broken record because I'm just constantly talking about the shows that I've been watching. How did you like the finale for Yellow Jackets? So good. Yeah? It it gave you just enough to be like, where's my next season at? You know what I mean? Like, it touched on a few things that you were waiting to find out in this first season. Yeah. There was some death. There was some, like, gore. There was some, like, Stuff happened that you're like, what the hell's going on? Like, yeah. they these writers are doing it right. The pacing of the show is great, and you can tell they know where they're going. Like, it's not one of those shows where you're like, uh, it kind of doesn't seem more, it's going anywhere at the moment. You know what yeah. I mean? I loved it. I'm ready for season two already, and it's going to be another year, I guess, before I get to <laughs> see season two. Um, Peacemaker episode four just came out. Peacemaker's really been great. So good. Uh, it's a little di- different ending than the past couple episodes. Did did your wife's warning? Oh yeah. It yeah yeah. Okay. April um she watched it before me and she was like get ready for the ending it's emotional I was like a peacemaker emotional what? And I watched it and I was like damn she was right. Um watch peacemaker Attack on Titan anime so good still going on and then the book of Boba Fett. Uh, we just finished episode four and it's rant time. I'm going to rant just for a second. I'm going to try not to spoil this. I have a freaking Boba Fett tattoo. Okay. Like he's the mysterious warrior that you just didn't know much about in the old stuff. And now we're getting to know him a little bit more. And I just don't know how I feel about it, Perry. I just don't know. First off. Punk Rock Tatooine is a mistake. I repeat, a f***ing mistake. A thing that he texted me was, it might be my least favorite thing in all of Star Wars. It is one of my least... Yeah, it, it is. Punk Rock Tatooine has no business being there. They could have made this these kids and this gang look more like Star Wars. They didn't have to have freaking 1950s speeders... Well, it is brightly painted. It is really weird. We don't have any money. We don't have any jobs. But look at these speeders we have. I mean, okay, yeah, but you look at like if you if you think about the inspiration they have zippers. of zippers. How many 
How many Star Wars people have zippers? Let me finish. Okay, sorry. You think about like the kids who grow up with no money, but they have the know-how to like rebuild a car, right? And yeah. it's a cool-looking car, and it's functional and everything, and like that—that's where I'm kind of seeing that coming from. I don't disagree with you. I think that punk rock tattooing is really, really strange, especially considering that everything that we've seen up to this point is just kind of like poverty stricken right. communities and and i mean i i don't know where is the influence coming from that's what i'm More saying than like, anything i don't i feel like they need they think they just need to put this different thing in there and make it like cool and punky and all this stuff i i love punk rock music i grew up dressing like a punk I don't want it in Tatooine. Yeah, I think I don't want to go to the tattoo parlor that's actually a modification parlor and have freaking what's his name? Thundercat, the rapper guy doing this stuff. Was that Thundercat? Yes. I didn't realize that. With green dreads. I don't want that in my Star Wars. (laughs) I don't want that in Boba Fett. I don't want it. I feel like it would fit better on like a show based around Coruscant. Yes. Please, it's Tatooine. It's the freaking planet and supposed to be the crappiest planet in Star Wars, Perry. It's not, this is not, punk rock Tatooine is a mistake. I think this whole episode is just going to go unfiltered. God. (laughs) I'm kind of torn about Beastmaster Boba Fett, too. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, Perry. I don't know. He is openly weeping, folks. Like, it's very strange. He's just petting like animals by the neck, and he's smiling, and he's got the fakest, whitest teeth in the galaxy. <laughs> Why can't okay? He spent he spent forever in the Sarlacc pit, and he came out with you know crest white strips <sighs> styled teeth. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, everybody's watched the episode. But he gets the Slave One back, which is not the Slave One anymore. They changed the name. I don't care about that, honestly. Yeah, uh, it's whatever. Um, but. Oh, he gets it back and he just yeets all those biker gangs. Like, he just yeets them out. Of the, he just kills them all. And, like, they're playing his music. That's the Boba Fett I want to see. I want to yeah. see this badass Boba Fett. I don't want to see Boba Fett petting the necks of doggy beasts. Okay? I don't want to see that, Perry. I'm so torn on this show. Here's, here's, here's what... This feels like you are talking to me like it's my fault. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Which cracks me up and also is giving me a little bit of PTSD, but um, I I don't disagree with you. I think that it is a really messy show. And it's I, just all over the place. It is, and and it goes back to what we said after the first episode, or at least what I said. It is time for us to get back to what made Star Wars Star Wars. Yes, they're trying to add too much extra stuff. And, and, and that all. is that's the the Jedi. And I understand that they're doing all of this extended canon. They've got books and they've got comic books and they've got little just bits and pieces that are the things that kind of we want to see on screen. So do them on screen. But like, I, I, I want more Jedi stuff. Punk rock tattooing is a mistake. I'm tired. I'm tired of bounty hunters. Yeah. I just don't care. I mean, how excited were you that, in The Mandalorian when Ahsoka and Luke and everybody... I was so excited. Yeah. That was an incredible moment. But now we, like... 
I don't know. I think that the biggest crime of Book of Boba Fett is that it exists. <laughs> and that it the... get, it makes people think differently about a character that they felt so strongly about. That is you are exactly right because I I'm so I'm a like I said before I'm a big Boba Fett fan, but I think the the mystery and like the yeah. the toughness of Boba Fett, him not really talking that much, like saying a few words, and then even in the Mandalorian, he shows up. He's still mysterious. You don't know much about him. I, I would have been happy with that. Just being kicks just ass, left. and then you're like, oh, okay, that's awesome, Boba Fett. Maybe he just shows up randomly, but giving him his own show and now I was a mistake. Yeah, I started off thinking, you know what? This guy's got layers. Let's give him some time. But now, the more layers they give him, the the more less Boba Fett he is. Yeah, and and let me be honest too. I it's not that I haven't enjoyed watching this show. Oh, I'll finish it. I'm just I I will too. And I, I mean I I have I've never been like oh I don't I don't want to watch this next episode. No, there are shows that I've gotten into where it's felt like a slog yeah. trying to get through it. Uh, this is not one of those shows. However. It it definitely doesn't have the quality of the Mandalorian. No, it doesn't have the depth of storytelling that the Mandalorian does. Um, I think it's cool that we see Tim Ware Morrison coming back as this character and seeing little bits and pieces of Jango Fett as well. But I just think a whole I, I, I a whole season of this it was just not. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I just want my mysterious t- like. Having Boba Fett take over and be this crime lord is cool. I just don't think I need to see every detail of it. No, we could have had one episode of The Mandalorian where they connected. And he talks about how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. And then we see him go and kill Bib Fortuna and become the new crime boss Yeah, and you're on just, Tatooine. You and hear, that's it. You hear about it and you're like, what the hell? Like Boba Fett's the crime lord? And yeah. then like you get to see a little bit of it. But yeah, I, I just don't, no. I, it feels like all of this backstory is largely inconsequential. And so I, it just makes me wish that we had the Mandalorian this year instead of I hate punk rock tattooing. <laughs> God, and those teeth, those white teeth kill me. Well, I've been playing, um, GoldenEye 007. Oh, from N64? Yeah. I I need to do that. I never played it. On that, dropping down into that first level where it's all in the snow. <laughs> yeah. I never played it when I was growing up. And so I have, I've struggled with it greatly, just trying to figure out like the little minutiae of different levels and missions and everything. But it has been so much fun. Dude. I want to I stream it. I want to stream it on Twitch. That's one Do of the it. games that I want to like get into for for Twitch, um, but it's it's just awesome. It's such a fun game, uh, and even like it, you know, the polygons back then didn't make everybody look exactly <laughs> like right. they they do in real life. But you can still kind of go, oh, that's that's Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. I'm I'm not too upset by the way this guy looks. It looks like he got. Crushed by a brick in his face, but you know, <laughs> yeah, on can, all four sides. Yeah, I can tell but, though. I can yeah, tell who that is. Yeah, but uh, it, it's it's so much fun. It's just mm, good stuff. That's awesome. I love yeah. that game. I think that's about it for this week. It's been a good episode. 
It's been a long episode. Sorry for the folks who don't necessarily like longer episodes, but sorry for the folks who are boring. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was a power move. I don't mean that. I'm just saying, like, it's fun to listen to other stuff uh, every once in a while. I know what you mean. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> that's my new. That's my new line. You know what I mean. <laughs> Like, Eventually, yeah. I'm just going to start going, I really don't this time. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. Eric, you want to wrap us up? Break us home? Let's take do us, it. Take us to the next level. Take us to the house. If you want to support the show. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird energy. <laughs> right. Oh, man. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com and search My Bourbon Podcast. Uh, like we said before, the podcast has fees it has to pay it has stuff to do we need your support and you'll get free stuff you'll get free episodes it's not free because well, you're supporting us eric. eric 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 it's not free you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> for as little as a dollar a month you can support the show and at five dollars you get the pregame chats pours from the floor and any other random thing we feel like putting on patreon and you get an uncut version of this episode I don't even know if Perry's going to have the time to do an uncut version. I don't know. An edited version, I mean. So. I mean, I'll cut out some silences and some weird moments, but yeah. you you guys might have gotten the yeah. full-fledged, explicit version yeah. of this week's episode. That's what we do. <laughs> That's um, what Eric does. Yeah. If you have any questions, comments, or you want to get with us to send samples or anything to the show, this is my bourbon shop at gmail.com. Send an email. And if you want some merch or apparel, it's bourbonshop.threadless.com. If you want some Whiskey Mutant merch, it's whiskeymutant.myshopify.com. If you want to leave us a barrel rings, which listen to last week's episode for one of the best barrel rings we ever had. No, not one of. It was the best best barrel (laughs) rings we've ever had. Oh, you can leave us a voicemail at 859-428-8253 and we'll play it on there and we'll reply to it. Um, we might can, call you back. Yeah, I'll call you back. <laughs> if I feel the need to, I will. Um, on all social media, you can do My Bourbon Pod to follow the show. We have a Facebook group. This is My Bourbon Podcast Facebook group. Get in there. You can ask questions, uh, talk to other people, um, share some memes, whatever you want to do. Um, YouTube, this is My Bourbon Podcast. Perry goes live every Thursday at 8. I love going live. He Eric. does. He loves it. I love it. I might uh, do it on Instagram later today as well, just yeah. because. Uh, why the heck not? Why not? Why not? That's the, that's what it's there for. Exactly. Um, Set up you wanna... a little tripod. We yeah. haven't we haven't done. Um, I. God, uh, oh, we got to bring that back pa- this year. What we call it? Pairs and pours. No, no. Prepare your pour. Prepare your pour. Sorry. Yes, that was our little Instagram thing we did for a while. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm at Whiskey Mutant on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Um, I try to go live on Instagram every Sunday for Taking Back Sundays. Um, and then I think that's it. So... I think so, too. Just just support leave it, us. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Yeah. If you leave us a review, we will read it out here on the show. And we we'll let everybody know that you are the coolest person. Yeah in the world it's true which is actually i i haven't told you this but we have just been given the permission to name somebody the coolest person in the world it's about time it is and we we are going that email but i didn't know if you replied to it or not i i wanted to kind of bask in it okay for a little while but 
by the end of 2022, um, we will have named the coolest person in the world. So, so. Uh, if you want to get in on that, you can leave us a five-star rating and review. Yeah. You become a patron of the show yes. as well. Uh, there's just so many ways for you to you know, enter the into possibilities the... possibilities are endless. Uh, you've, you've heard of the sexiest man alive. But have you heard of the coolest person in the world? This is better. You actually win a cash prize with it. Cash prize? Yeah. $25. I'll, I'll, I'll throw up $25. And uh, a pack of... Um, I'll big, give them a sample. Big League Chew. I'll give them this bottle, this empty bottle. They can make an infinity bottle. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I'll give that them seems, two, that seems two bottles. Cool. That I finish. All right. You cool people. Cool. <laughs> cool cats. Oh, my God. Thanks Carol. so much for listening. Uh, next week, I'm not sure what we're doing next week. We'll figure it it's out. It's a surprise. You got to come back to find out. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we appreciate the heck out of you. We love you all so much. It's, uh, yeah, you're great. You See are. you guys. You're Listen. beautiful. You are beautiful. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, I'm Perry. I'm Eric. And this is my Bourbon Podcast. Peace.